0: This is Friday, April 1st. years ago, I walked into an immense hospital in New Jersey to visit the elderly father of one of our church members. <laughs> I'm not making this up. His name was John Smith, and at the check-in desk, I asked for this man's room, and the attendant said to me, "We have four people in our hospital with that name." <laughs> so I wondered, how am I going to find the right John Smith?" He was the problem. The intendant couldn't tell me other personal details to track him down. They're not allowed to release personal information. So I had to pass by some of the rooms, some other rooms to find the man I was looking for. Here's our text for today. It's Exodus thirty four, five to seven. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed. This remarkable scene takes place while Israel is in the Lord, with the Lord in the wilderness. Moses, though Jewish, grew up in the court of Pharaoh, and during his first encounter with the Lord in the wilderness, the Lord revealed his name to Moses. And though Moses knows the Lord is God, and though Moses saw the ten plagues that fell upon Egypt, so he knew the power of God, he did not fully know the Lord. Now in this scene, Moses hears the Lord speak his own name, and he hears the Lord describe himself. Now what a moment this must have been. It would be like having a close call with death, an exhilarating roller coaster ride all wrapped into one. God's appearance is shielded by a cloud, but even then Moses' life is in danger. In speaking his own name, the Lord does something the Hebrews are they're never permitted to do, even to this day. Now, across the ancient world, the gods were numerous. Egypt alone had dozens of prominent gods, and many other minor ones as well. As did the Phoenicians. Those in Canaan had a pantheon of gods of their own, and so did the Greeks and Romans that came after them. So, who is the Lord? How does the Lord want to be known among his people? The Lord's description is full of surprises. First, that God begins his self-description with the words, merciful and gracious. He leads with the fact that he is slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. Now, this is striking because none of the surrounding gods were thought of in this way. They were about power and might, fertility and war. They were said to control various aspects of the world, of nature, from the crops and weather. But none possessed this strength of character. They were fickle and unpredictable. The pharaohs of Egypt and the rulers of the surrounding nations ruled with fear and control, and that's the way they viewed their gods. The gods didn't love human beings. They toyed with them, they they made sport of them, and they used them to serve them. The Jewish people knew this quite well. They themselves had been slaves in Egypt. Now what you gather from hearing the words of the Lord is that no one had ever contemplated a God like Jehovah. Today I hear people tell me that they do not believe in God, and sometimes I will ask them what God they are talking about and they tell me the god they do not believe in when they do i have to agree i don't believe in that god either you see the lord is different he is the god of justice protecting the poor and fatherless and keeping his covenant with of love with his people for generations he's the god of love that extends this love unconditionally You see, like for Moses, our great problem is that we do not know who God really is. And as we learn about the Lord, we must be constantly throwing out the other gods that we have given place in our hearts. What gods am I talking about? Well, for example, I think of the, I'll love you if you love me back God. This God doesn't exist. Israel was chosen by the Lord, not because there is anything inherent in them to make them worthy of God's notice. It was all of grace. God called them. He loved them. He redeemed them. And they never gave God the love he deserved, nor can any of us. Then there is the God made everything and left us on our own God. This is the God of the deists, those that believe there is a God, but he's far away and unengaged with us in our world. The truth is, God can't do this. The true and living God can't take himself out of the picture, because we have no picture without him. Instead, he sustains the world moment by moment and cares for us in the same way. He is deeply engaged in the human story, so much so that he took on human flesh and lived among us. Now, As we're talking about God, we've really just gotten started. Likely you've come to see God more and more for who he is, who he actually is, rather than who we've made him to be. And that's good news. But it can also be hard work. It was like me in that hospital those years ago, trying to track down the right John Smith. Ultimately, I found him in his room. You see, the good news is that God wants us to know him, to really know him. Moses saw a cloud and heard a brief description. We've been given Jesus. That's the astounding teaching of the New Testament. The eternal, all-powerful, and loving God, who is rich in mercy, took on flesh to be with us. This means that by knowing Jesus, we can really know God. The one that Moses only visited briefly with, and then only in a cloud. The good news is that because of Jesus, we can walk with God, We've also been given His Spirit, and we can enjoy life with Him. Let's pray. Lord God, You are merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. We pray that You will reveal reveal more and more of Yourself to us by Your Spirit. We pray for that this day. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.